This is the Freshwater Fishing Novice Podcast, and I'm the Freshwater Fishing Novice, Keith. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, it's been quite a little bit of time since I've posted a podcast. Had a little bit of technical difficulties with the app I use. Also upgraded uh, my microphone since the last podcast, and I'm excited to use it. I can also edit, which is going to change this podcast format a little bit, make it sound a little bit better, hopefully. So let's get right back into it. Hope everyone's doing okay, given the current circumstances for the past year. It's been, uh, let's see, about six months into the pandemic. We're in August now. Um, I'm clearly still alive, so no worries there. Anyway, let's talk about something I keep running into this year, which is crazy. I'm sure everyone else has seen the same thing, but uh, there's no fishing supplies at any of the stores, which is fine. Everyone can fish more, but I feel like uh, maybe my podcast is more relevant now since everyone started fishing, if they haven't been fishing before. I want to cover an updated version of Equipment Basics. Uh, I've seen, since I've been out fishing, I've seen so many people with not the right setup trying to figure this stuff out with no idea what they're doing. I guess just like everyone else who's listening to this podcast or me personally. I mean, I was I was walking around fishing for a couple hours, six hours probably. And it started thunderstorming. So I like headed back to my truck and I ran into a guy with this kid who was probably five. This, this guy was, I don't want to say not smart, but he didn't know what he was doing. So he had set his son up, his five-year-old son, with a seven-foot medium heavy rod with probably 15 to 18 pound line on it and he had a four inch swim bait on it which I know all this sounds like a bunch of silly jargon um, but they're fishing in a, in a creek that's maybe 20 feet wide and I mean the rod was set up at the it was a wrong rod for this little kid it wasn't like a push button it was a spinning reel um, just impossible for the kid to wield. Um, the dad wasn't using it. And then like his mother was using like a little dock demon. So I'm like, why the hell is this old adult using a dock demon? And the kid's using a friggin' adult rod where it doesn't even belong in this river. So you really need to pair your gear with what you're trying to fish for. They had no idea. They were trying to catch whatever. So realistically, all of them should have had ultralight or dock demon rods an ultralight or a light rod, you're going to be able to catch multiple species. You could possibly land a bass, uh, but typically you're going to catch sunfish, perch, smaller fish. And that's exactly, there was, I mean, tons of bluegill and sunfish in this creek. I mean, they weren't catching shit. And they were like, I don't even know how to do it. The guy didn't know how to tie a line or knots or anything like that. Didn't know any of that stuff. So if you're just trying to catch fish, and you have no idea, oh, what's what fish? You don't know the species of fish and stuff like that. Just starting out, I would suggest either ultralight or a lightweight rod. Nothing more than that rod, uh, that uh, strength of rod. Because you're going to want to be able to feel when a fish bites your lure. With a heavier rod, you're gonna, it's going to have less sensitivity if you catch a small fish. So it's not conducive with encouraging people to keep fishing because they're not catching stuff. They're using the wrong gear. So too large of a lure 
too large of a rod, too heavy of line. You want and like too heavy a rod, you're not going to feel it. So you need to have ultralight or a lightweight rod if you don't know what you're doing just to get used to fishing. If you're an adult, I would say use a spinning rod. If you're trying to get a kid into it, it's it depends on the kid's age. I'd say anything below 10, you're going to want to use like a like one of the button push casting reels. And you don't want anything big. So like it's going to be maybe the kid's height. If you're an adult, you can go your height uh, if you're starting out. It makes it a lot easier when it's a smaller rod. It's more manageable. You're not going to bump into as much shit, get hooked up in trees while you're walking. So it, say I'm 5'8". I'm going to get a rod that's between 5 and 6 feet. Nothing smaller than that because it's a pain in the ass to cast. You want something that's about your height. When your arm for casting is extended, you have a rod that's the same length as your height. So now you have your height and a half casting. So now you have that much capability to get away from the shore, even though most fish are right near shore, in cover, in shade. So you get the ultralight or the lightweight rod, which the line for those is between two and eight or 10 pound line. And whenever I hook up a rod, it doesn't matter if it's lightweight, ultralight, medium, medium heavy, heavy, whatever the rating is on the rod that says it right on the, the shaft of it, above where the reel goes, it will tell you what the line rating is. It will tell you what the lure rating is. So you look at the line rating and say it's two to six. If I'm fishing ultralight, two to six pound line, I'm gonna aim right in the middle. And lately I've gone more on the six pound end of that, so I snap off my lures less if the fish is bigger. But Right in the middle is the sweet spot. So if you see a rod, I aim for the middle of the line. So my medium rod says I can go from six to 12 pound line. So what I do is I, I land on 10. So I use 10 pound line on my medium rod. Uh, I was using braid and I was having so many goddamn problems it wasn't even funny. So I went right back to fluorocarbon. Now fluorocarbon sinks. Monofilament does not. It's got a lot of forgiveness, so like, like a, a light rod. It's a lot different than what you're watching on YouTube with these bass fishermen who have heavy, medium heavy, or medium rods. Where the, you see them set the hook and it looks like they're really yanking on it. With ultralight and lightweight rods, when you set the hook, it's not a tug. It's not like you're, hi! It's a small fish, so all you need to do is you reel and you... Pick the line up to 12 o'clock, like straight up uh, parallel to your body. And you don't, it's not hard, it's just a, I pulled it up, I pull it up, and I wind. And now you've set the hook on those little fish. You do not need to yank on those fish. You just need to, especially with spinning rods, that's how you set the line. Even with medium rods when I catch bass, it's not a yoink, it's a pull back and, and reel at the same time. And you want to keep tension on that. You're not trying to pull a marlin up, you're not putting the rod down, pulling it back up. You're not doing any of that. You're just back with tension and then wind it, wind it, wind it, wind it until you get the fish. Recovered line, recovered rods. Uh, if you get a combo, it comes with a reel. Sometimes when you get a combo, the, the line on the reel is shit. So usually what I'll do is I'll pull that line off immediately and I'll put some better line on. Even though it might be both fluorocarbon, it's made by a better company. So there's a couple different, Berkeley makes a good one, P-Line makes great line. There's a multiple lines, but just nothing that's on the reel. Whatever Walmart put on that reel sucks. Whatever Dick Sporting Good put on that reel sucks. So I'd rather, personally, I just buy a reel with no line on it because I know how to tie it on. If you don't know how to tie it on, go on YouTube, uh, 
how do I attach line to a spinning reel? It's very simple. It's uh, it's one, two, three, long, three knots, and you're good to go. And then you just spool it up. Now lures. So you want to follow the lure rating on your rod. It says however many ounces, sixteenth of an ounce, eighth of an ounce, thirty-two seconds of an ounce, half ounce, which is huge. If you have a half ounce on a light or an ultralight, you're going to be in trouble. It's very small lures, very small hooks. Once you jump up to specialized fishing, as, as opposed to multi-species, like, you know, you know oh, I'm going to do only bass fishing. There's a, like a multitude of rods that you could pick for bass fishing. Multi-species, you can kind of get away with the cheaper, lighter light rods. I mean, you can get expensive light rods, but when you start, you do not need something super expensive. You need to figure out what's going on. If it breaks, you don't want to be pissed. Oh, I spent $110 on a rod. Fucking be pissed if you broke that rod. I wouldn't say spend more than twenty or twenty-five dollars or thirty dollars on a rod. If you get a combo, I wouldn't spend more than forty. You can if you want, but it's you're working. I don't know. You don't need to. Um, like I, Shakespeare makes a great ultralight rod that's twenty bucks. You can get a reel for another twenty, so you're in forty. Um, then you get line. It's probably fifty bucks. You buy a couple cheap lures. I mean, they're small, small, small lures. A lot of people overlook the small lures. Crappy lures, uh, trout lures, those kind of lures are the small lures you're going to use on an ultralight or a lightweight rod. Um, once you jump into bass fishing, it's when you jump up to a medium, medium heavy, heavy rod. And that's just a different situation. That's not for, I mean, you can fish, if you've never fished, you can fish for bass. But bass, I found that either bass hit it really hard or it's so subtle you barely know. And with an ultralight and lightweight rod, when you're fishing for multi-species, sunfish, perch, pickerel, black crappie, rock bass, any of these smaller fish, uh, ultralight or light, and you're going to want that, I'd say, six-pound line at most, and then some small lures, because you're going to want to see that rod dip, or you're going to want to feel it when they pull on it. You're going to want to see that line moving around. And with lighter line, the less the fish will be able to see it. So that's why... You don't fish 12 pound line when you're fishing for small fish. You also don't, like I've had problems where I fished the smallest line. So say ultralight, two pound to six pound line. I fished two pound line and I was constantly snapping off on bigger fish. And it was getting frustrating. And then my buddy was like, dude, you should try to up your line a little bit and it will snap off less. So I switched to six pound line on an ultralight last year. And then I was able to land like two pound bass on an ultralight, which is insane if you've ever done it. And once you get out there and it happens, you're like, oh, it's crazy. I love ultralight. But then when you get into bigger fish, bigger bass and stuff like that, I'm talking three, four pound plus fish, you're going to want a medium rod. Uh, it's still going to, like with a bigger four pound bass like that or three pound bass and up, when you land, when you hook that fish on that medium rod, which has a line rating of, I think it's six to 12, six to 12 pound line. Um, it's going to bend right over like an ultralight. It's going to react the same. You're going to feel everything. And that's why you need a bigger rod for bigger fish. You're going to use bigger lures and smaller fish aren't even going to be able to eat that lure. So then you're going to obviously get bigger fish. So light ultralight or light for your first rod. Um, kids, adults, if you're just getting into it, don't know what you're doing, go for that. Um, the lures I would use... Um, you'll hear a lot of people say Senko. Senko is for bass fishing, which doesn't mean you can't use small trout worms on a small hook. 
and I've covered this before where I say, oh, I use a size 10 hook. Size 10 hook is maybe the size of your pinky finger now. Um, so small. I've got it in my finger, didn't even notice it and had to pull it out. But that's going to be a smaller hook for a smaller fish's mouth. Sunfish's mouth are very small. Uh, rock bass mouth, pretty small. Perch mouth, pretty small. Pickerel, huge mouth. Those things suck. Uh, you're going to have to deal with those teeth. They will eat literally anything. But for the sunfish, the perch, the crappie, the rock bass, you're going to want a small hook. I wouldn't say, I mean, I go as small as like a size 10. I've already said that. But uh, you could probably, and the numbers go wanky where it's almost like if you think about a chart with a zero in the middle and numbers positive to the right and numbers negative to the left, it's very similar to how hooks are set up. So bigger hooks for bigger bass at that zero point are going to go to the right. So it's going to be a one-aught, two-aught, three-aught. What that looks like is a one with a slash and an O. One-aught. Two slash O, two-aught. Three slash zero, three-aught. You go the other direction, and it's only numbers. So from that zero going left, that's where you're going to get into your multi-species multi hooks. And you're going to have uh, size one, two, three, four. And that's descending. So when you get to a ten, it's pretty small. A one is fairly big on that it's multi-species end. And in comparison, if you go the other direction from the zero, one aught is the smallest aught hook you can get. Every time you go up, it's going to get a lot bigger. When I fish for bass, I always use one aught because I found that two or three aught seems to be too big for the lures I'm using, but maybe I'm just not using big enough lures. I might get into that next year or the end of the year and we'll figure out what's that going on and I'll post, post up about that. But lighter line, lighter rods, lighter reels. I always bring a pair of, not needle those pliers, but forceps with scissors in them. So I don't need two different things to fix the line and pull the hook out of the fish. The reason that I'm putting uh, so much emphasis on focusing on ultralight and lightweight rod fishing uh, for beginners is because it's important to pick up the basics. Um, the, the equipment's cheaper. You're going to figure a lot of stuff out by fishing for these smaller multi-species fish. Sunfish and rock bass and crappie, bluegills, perch. That you can all, you, it, all the information and stuff you're going to learn while you're fishing and figuring out the kinks of a beginning fisherman. They're easy fish to catch, but when you start out, nothing's easy to catch. So figuring stuff out and like techniques, like how do I fish this little trout worm, which essentially is a very small Senko worm, or a stick bait if you hear that. It's, a, it's basically just a, or if you're using a little jig, like a micro mini jig, which just, it doesn't look like anything. It looks like maybe a tiny little octopus, if anything, but it's small. It's smaller than, it's like the size of your, the first digit of your finger. Um, it doesn't look like anything that I can think of, but I guess it looks like possibly uh, a crawdaddy or a crawfish. So when you jump up to a different, I'm going to go start fishing for bigger fish now. I'm out of multi-species. I'm going to go catch lake trout. I'm going to catch any bass, smallmouth, largemouth. Smallmouth bass like jigs, but they don't want that micro jig. But since you've been practicing with an ultralight rod, with those micro jigs catching multi-species fish, Perch will eat them, rock bass will eat them, bluegill will eat them, fish will eat them. The bigger that bait, the bigger your fish is going to get. So, that being said, you're going to catch a lot of fish once you get 
when you start figuring stuff out with like the multi-species, you're going to start catching a lot of fish. When you jump up to trying to catch larger fish with bigger bait, you're not going to catch a hundred fish in a day. If you do, amazing. Maybe you will. Who knows? I'm sure there's dudes who can rock huge, big-ass fish all day. I'm not at that point. I'm still learning. But I, I know for a fact when I throw a bigger bait, I catch bigger fish. But it's not as frequent as multi-species fishing with ultralight and light rods. So that's why I feel like it's very important as a beginning fisherman to do multi-species fishing. Because you're just trying to catch fish and get the hang of it. Figure out your equipment. Figure out lures. I mean, it's taken me years just to figure out some basic lures or tying knots and stuff like that so it's important you're studying you're learning you're learning about aquatic plants and water and just what's happening in the ecosystem we're just reading the water if you're sitting on a flat body of water and you see what do they call it i call it a boil a boil that means there's a fish down there somewhere messing around if you hear popping there's bluegill and they're sucking bugs right off of the surface you hear that popping i mean if it's quiet you're not listening to music you're out there by yourself on a pond or like a little body of water and you can't hear popping there's bluegill somewhere there's there are sunfish somewhere so that's a good you're looking for indicators you're looking you're learning a lot of stuff your first year just trying to catch fish you're not going to ever stop learning i'm still constantly learning um and that's why i felt like it was important to make this podcast but I was trying to get to, and that was a very roundabout way to get to the point of why ultralight and lightweight fishing is important for novice fishermen. You'll learn a lot. You can transfer it up. Um, you're jigging a fish. I've done that. I've had people teach, show, tell me to do that in the ocean for other fish. I'm like, oh, I, yeah, I can. I know what you're doing. I can do that too, uh, just by observing. So, learning how to use your rod, casting. Fishing it back, working with the reel, lining your raw, you know, your reel, tying on, tying off, snapping off, getting frustrated. Um, it's going to teach you a lot. And you need to observe and pay attention to that. Because you can transfer that up to larger fish and different species. We've covered the equipment basics recap or whatever. Um, now I want to talk about how to target the fish. I've seen a lot of people be like, oh, I went out fishing, couldn't catch any fish. Probably aiming in the wrong spot. Could be the wrong time of day. I don't really feel like that's a thing. Um, I've caught some huge bass and just random other fish. Two o'clock in the afternoon, 90 degree heat. I'm sweating my butt off. It's because I wasn't targeting the right spots. What I learned this year as far as getting more hookups and targeting more fish is it's super obvious if you, if you hear it. But when you're thinking about fishing, it doesn't make any sense because, you, yeah, I mean, what the hell do you know about fishing? I didn't know anything four or five years ago. Fish don't have eyelids. So when it's sunny out, guess where they're not? Right in open water. They might be in open water deep, but they're not going to be up in the top uh, level of the water column. They're either going to be deep because it's cooler down there and there's less sun. You know, the light's going to dissipate as it goes through the water. Or they're going to be undercover 
Now, when people say cover, they, they talk about trees, they talk about lily pads, they talk about brush. So when I'm fishing, what I look for is docks, lily pads, and shade. The cover could also be rocks. So for like smallmouth bass, they hang out around like if there's a big boulder field. They'll be tucked into those boulders. But I really, I've had some success, but not as much as targeting shade and docks and lily pads. And I, prior to this year, I wasn't targeting lily pads correctly. I figured you'd only either have to punch, like get your lure into the pads, which you need something heavy to do, or or you skip it across like a frog, I guess, is all I thought. But what I learned this year is I treat lily pads and docks very similar. Um, so when I, when I fish a dock and it's coming off of someone's property, there's three sides to that dock. And it didn't make sense until I heard uh, Mike Iconelli say it. And he said, when you target that dock, you're going to target every side of that dock. So you fish that right side. Nothing happens. You fish the front of the dock. And then you fish that left side. Because the fish might not be facing in the direction you're casting to. So like if you cast to the right side, nothing bites. Maybe the fish is facing, his tail is facing the lure. So he didn't see it. So then you target the front, or maybe he's facing forward, he didn't see it. He saw it out, maybe out of the corner of his eye, but he didn't go for it. So then you target the front of it. And you want to cast, it's not just to the edge of the dock, you want to try to get it underneath the dock, uh, where it's dark. Which brings us to skipping. So you want to skip your lure, which is, if you've ever skipped a rock on the water, it's a very similar process. You're skipping that lure, I try to bounce it, I try to aim it so it bounces right before the shadow, like where the dock edge is. It hits that and it skips underneath where it's dark. The darkest part of that dock is where you want to target because there's no sun hitting it. It's all covered. It's nice and shaded. The fish's eyes are adjusted. They're not straining. They're waiting for something to swim by because fish are predators. They're going to come out and hit whatever you throw at it if there's a fish there. If you're throwing the lure they want. So that's how I fish docks. That's also how I fish lily pads. Um, so if there's a lily pad, it's kind of a round, organic shape. I fish every edge of the lily pads. And if there is like, a, they call them a channel. I've heard people refer to as channels. If there's lily pads and there's like a line where there's no lily pads, I'll toss it right into that spot. A lot of times I'll get hit, sometimes I won't. But that's where I target when I fish lily pads. Very similar to docks. You throw into the darkest part of cover as you can and you're fishing all the edges. Now when I'm fishing towards shore, and I'm not fishing that, I'm fishing cover like trees that are overhanging. I love trees that are overhanging, especially if they're not touching the water. If they're very close to the water where you can skip, again, you're gonna skip it underwater, right up to shore. I've cast it and it's gone right up onto the land, underneath the trees, and I'll slowly retrieve it. And I'll just, you know, tick it a couple times and let it bounce and sit. And a lot of times, you won't even have to do that. If you get it into the dark part underneath trees, if there's a fish in there, they're going to come up and whack it. Um, if it's too small, you might feel a little tug and you won't get anything. But fishing with ultralight and light rod and smaller lures, you should be able to grab whatever the hell's under there. With sunfish, crappie. Crappie love structure. Wow, rock bass. Rock bass love cover. Because bass are bass. They love cover. Um, smallmouth bass tend to run around like wolves and herds, so it's a little different. But I've caught smallmouth bass, same way. Ooh, there's a big pile of crap that's in the water, sticks and leaves and stuff, and I toss it right to the edge of it, and all of a sudden, 
slow-mo fast everywhere. Or, you know, that was just maybe one time that I saw it. But they like cover as well. They don't have eyelids. So you're going to fish those dark shadows. And then, okay, so now we're going to talk, I guess I'll cover, uh, you know, other underwater cover. So if, there, if you can see a huge tree underwater, obviously your concern is, uh, I don't want to get my hook stuck on that. So if you can Texas rig it, where the hook is not buried in your lure, but it's, the tip is. So like when they bite the, whatever lure it is, it exposes the hook and you can hook the fish. But you don't want that hook grabbing on wood, so you want it in the lure. Um, what I do is, I found docks that have been floated out, you know what I mean? Someone lost a dock and it's kind of submerged. I bounce it off the edge of the dock that's already in the water and there's no way to skip it underneath. And as soon as it drops down, I got a fish. And I was like, there's no way there's a fish in here. It's only like maybe a foot deep. They're hiding underneath that shade. Um, with trees and water, I'll drop that lure right on one side of whatever log it is and just let it drop. And usually there's a fish hiding out underneath those structures because it's shaded again. They can ambush their prey because they're predators, which they love. So target cover, target shade, and target docks and lily pads. So Mike Iconelli also said riprap. So what riprap is, is if people build a causeway, which is land to land, and they're going across water, they'll pile a shit, like a whatever construction company or road company, will pile a shitload of rocks up and then build a road over it. That rock cover, that's also cover. Um, there's not too much shade usually, but fish tuck into those rocks. So you're going to kind of fish parallel to the riprap, which is you know, just different size rocks. So that's one thing I didn't know that I've been trying to work on. I've been trying different baits this year and forcing myself to learn them. Last year, I wasn't challenging myself that much. And I was like, you know what? I got to step it up. I got to figure it out. I've been doing it easy, doing multi-species. I'm going to try to step it up to bass. So I've been trying to target bass more this year, which has been working for me. I mean, I also go out for multi-species, brook trout and whatever, you know, smaller fish with ultralight and lightweight rods, but I wanted to step it up and catch some bigger fish, which has been working. The lures are bigger, the hooks are bigger, the line's stronger, the rods are longer and heavier uh, as far as power, uh, the bend in the rod. If you don't know how to fish a, a lure, just go on Google and be like, how do I fish swim baits? Or how do I fish crankbaits or how do I fish spinnerbaits or da -da -da -da, whatever the bait is you want to try to figure it out you can find it on Google or on YouTube you can just Google it how do I fish this and uh, it's a couple different guys uh, TRF Tyler's Real Fishing YouTube channel this guy's super instructional I've learned a ton from him uh, there's another guy uh, Tactical Bassin damn it I can't remember these guys names but super knowledgeable one of one of the gentlemen is a, a guide uh, in California, he just moved to Tennessee with his buddy. So they relocated because they're going to go fish Chickamauga down in Tennessee. And I, they're just going to, I mean, they've been in the Delta in California for years. And now they're like, you know what, we're going to move out. We're going to figure it out. Uh, it's a little bit, e I guess the reason they moved is so they could easily travel to different tournaments and locations. Because Tennessee is a little bit easier to get everywhere in the rest of the U.S. than just driving from California to Tennessee or they want to go to Michigan they can go from there but those guys tactical bassin's good Tyler's real fishing if you want to see someone really for real fishing who's not an expert but he's pretty knowledgeable and good at catching fish and he's realistic realistic fishing is also a good YouTube channel
the reason I started this podcast is because I couldn't find another podcast that would break down how to learn how to, how to fish. And one of the podcasts I, I listen to still is uh, Fish Nerd Podcast. Clay Groves is amazing. He's a lot. He's funny. He does a lot of stuff. And I noticed he's moved away from instructing people how to fish. And it's more of an entertaining show. He, he still gives tips, but it's not quite as much. So I figure for someone who doesn't know how to fish and they need, you need someone to hold your hand kind of and talk you through it because shit, trying to learn, it's a steep curve if you don't know what you're doing. You're just hoping you're going to figure it out. I don't fish with a fish finder, so trying to target these fish is more of a challenge. Not saying that I don't want to use a fish finder. I just don't have a big boat, don't have a fish finder, so I'm just using instinct, really guessing. So when I get on bigger bodies of water, that's an issue. Um, that's the other thing I'd say when you first start fishing, if you're not in a boat, you're going to be on shore. I wouldn't say go to a giant lake that's 4,000 acres or bigger. Personally, I like fishing ponds that are maybe at the biggest 400 acres. And that's almost a challenge because you get, it takes a long time. Say I'm paddling in a little crappy kayak. It takes a long time to paddle around 400 and whatever acres. So ideally I'd rather fish 200 acres because it's more doable on a day. You can cover more area. You can figure it out. You can pick it apart. Um, I always look at the depth maps for the pond so I know where the deepest spots are. And all you have to do is Google whatever body of water plus depth maps. I don't put plus. I type in, say, it's Chickamauga. So I say uh, Chickamauga Lake depth maps. And it's usually within the first three posts that you'll find a depth map that will tell you deepest parts of the water. So that's important for depending on the species. You know, you always also want to check out the species because you don't want to go to a trout pond and try to catch sunfish if there's no sunfish there. You don't want to go try to catch trout if it's a bass lake and there's no, no trout. You know what I mean? You want to know what you're targeting. So, oh, I'm going to go fish for multi-species. Trout, uh, sunfish crappie, uh, rock bass, you know, any pickerel, whatever. You want to know that those fish are in there before you even go there and just guess. I mean, you can, but it's, it's sometimes it's problematic and it's, it's, uh, but it's disappointing when you don't catch fish. So you want to kind of know what you're getting into before you get there. It's, I mean, can I compare it to going on a date and getting catfished? And you're like, ah, oh, God, your picture what was that from 20 years ago. You want to know what you're getting into. So, if I know there's smallmouth bass, I'm going to bring certain lures. If I know there's largemouth bass, I'm going to bring certain lures. Uh, if I'm going for multi-species, I'm going to bring certain lures. I'm not going to bring my bass gear for smaller fish because they won't be able to eat it. Um, so, you got to research the, water, the body of water, the depth. Um, if there's a boat launch, which is huge, um, or what the shore coverage is. So, you know... Oh, it's only 20 feet of shore coverage. I probably shouldn't go there. Sometimes you get some places and it's so wooded you can't even get to the water. So it's almost better to have even a crappy kayak. I mean, I spent $150 on my crap kayak two years ago. Now it's finally killing my back and my butt. Hopefully next year I can get in a better kayak. That's kind of my goal. Hopefully there's a second stimulus package that I can actually buy a nice kayak with. Because I paid my bills with my last one. Which you got to know what you're targeting. You know, you got to know what's in the water. You got to know where to target these fish, and you got to have the right gear. You can't go fish multi-species with a heavy rod, or you're not going to feel the damn bite. You're not even going to see it. The fish aren't going to want it. Same thing. You're not going to go fishing for a huge, 
I don't know, let's say a lake trout, which can get pretty big, with an ultralight rod because it's they might snap it off, you'll just be disappointed, you didn't hook it. So you got to have the right gear for the right fish. So if, you, if you're just starting out, I'd say you want to target multi-species, ultralight, lightweight rods, because, I mean, sunfish are almost everywhere. Rock bass are invasive, so they're if they're in the water, you'll find them. You just target the shade, like I said. I heard uh, Lojo Fishing on YouTube. He was talking about how to swim a crankbait. A crankbait is like a square build. It looks like a fish. It's got treble hooks on it. I've never had success on these until this year, and I was just guessing. And then I watched his video, and he was talking about if you see grass underwater, and you're fishing for bass, and you're using a medium rod, you have a crankbait, a square bill crankbait. It's like it dives, certain crankbaits dive certain depths. The bigger the bill, the deeper the depth. Like a small square bill, which has a tiny little bill, it's only gonna fish two to five feet, say. Um, you get a bigger bill, it's gonna be five to 10, deeper even, deep. so the deep, the longer the bill, the deeper the bait will swim. So this guy is swimming, this crankbait over grass. So there's grass and water and there's probably two to three feet of water above the grass. The bass are hidden in that grass. And if you're cranking a crankbait, he's, he was just saying, crank it right over the bass, crank it right over the grass. It's like, you'll hook up. I haven't had a chance to try that. I'm gonna try that this week, hopefully Wednesday, or maybe Tuesday, maybe both days, who knows. But I'm gonna go find some grass and I wanna fish it frickin' crankbait over that grass and see what happens just to get it down. And I mean, you're making that thing wag back and forth. You don't have to crank it super hard. That's the other thing I learned this year is that people who fish too fast, it's too much for the fish almost. Sometimes you'll get a hit. I mean, sometimes you'll get a really aggressive bass or another fish like a perch that will come up and just whack it when you're just cranking, like as fast as you can spin that reel. But a lot of times I found this year that the less action I put, the more fish bite it. So say I throw a worm out, I'll let it sink. No weight on it. I mean, I'm counting 10, 15 seconds in my head. One, two, three, four. All the way down to 15. Now I think it's in the bottom. I'm fishing shallow too, so I know it doesn't take 15 seconds. Maybe it does for that light worm to sink. Now I'll just barely... Uh, jig or twitch the tip of my rod once or twice boop, and let it sit another 10 seconds typically that will interest a fish if they're over there uh you can do it a couple more times but then i don't really waste much more time i'll reel it in and i'll pitch to another spot I'll, oh here's another piece of shape i'll chuck it over there and i mean less action i mean even with swim baits uh, from tactical bass and the guys said if you're fishing a swim bait you're not getting hooked up you're probably fishing it too fast so when I first started, throw a swim bait. I'm reeling, I'm reeling, I'm reeling. I'm trying to, I'm trying to feel that lure kicking uh, in the water f through my rod, and I wasn't getting hooked up. And then I was like, you know what? I'll just let it sink, let it sink. It's still doing its thing, but I just can't feel it. And then all of a sudden, whack! I feel the line just tug, boom! Set the hook, reel up. So if you're not hooking up, you might be fishing too fast. Just relax. Let it hang out a lot of times to just to give myself something to do while I'm letting that lure sink. Put a podcast on and not pay attention for a couple seconds. A slower presentation will for sure get the fish interested. 
you know, swim baits, you're going to have to move a little bit sometimes, you know, you're going to, it's so slow. I wish I could show you guys. I might have to start a YouTube channel just to show you guys how slow I'm possibly fishing. Slower presentation, targeting shade, docks, cover, and lighter gear. All right, everyone. So to sum everything up, the whole reason that I put this specific episode out again is to stress the importance of ultralight fishing as a beginner because it will teach you so much about all your gear and how to fish it which will transfer up targeting shade which you're going to do with ultralight fishing targeting cover targeting docks uh, they all transfer up to bass fishing but you're going to use bigger gear in turn attempting to get bigger bass or bigger fish than when you go to something else deeper say lake trout i'm sure i'm going to learn a lot about bass fishing that probably won't transfer to lake trout but fishing for trout uh, brook trout and stuff like that learning that while i'm fishing ultralight will transfer up to fishing for lake trout it's just a larger version of the small fish that you're catching when you first start uh Brook trout are small, especially in New England where I am. Uh, brown trout are small. I mean, they're not huge. I've caught such small brook trout, brown trout, rainbow trout. It's almost embarrassing when you catch them. That's I, I, so. But it transfers. What I want to say is it transfers up when you catch those bigger fish in the same family. Will react the same as those smaller fish. So it's important to learn these techniques on a more forgiving, we call it a setup with the rod, reel, line, combo, and lure with these smaller fish of, of the same family. So everything you learn from rock bass and bluegill will transfer up to fishing for larger bass. Everything you learn from trout will transfer up to lake trout. I'd love to catch... A lot more fish and that's why this podcast exists is to help people learn how to fish be better fisher people what you learn as an ultralight fisherman will transfer up to different skills fishing for bigger fish it's, it's a progression the progression is gonna be different for everyone I'm telling you when you start catching these small fish if you're not catching anything it's amazing and then once you get used to catching, yeah I can catch these things all day Okay, you're ready for the next step where you move up a little bit or you try a different technique or you try a different lure. It's all just a progression in learning of a sport or a skill. If you're on a skateboard, you're not going to, I'll just go to the 60-foot vert ramp. Nope. You're going to be pushing around on flat ground. You're going to be doing the most basic stuff. Same thing with fishing. When you first start out, you need to work with the most basic stuff. You need to work with ultralight basically kids stuff. so you got to go through the steps to get better and progress you have to start at one and move towards 10 you can't just jump to 10 that's never going to work oh i'm just going to do the hardest thing first nope you'll immediately just get discouraged you weren't reading war and peace when you were in kindergarten you're probably reading dr seuss just remember that learning is a process you're always going to start at the bottom and work your way up you want to start with ultralight and then move in the direction of whatever fishing takes you. <clears throat> if 
It could take you to fly fishing. It could take you to uh, bait casting rods. It could take you to fishing in the ocean. It y- y- Fishing will lead you in a direction. Right now, I'm being pulled towards bass because I'm really enjoying catching. I've started catching those bigger bass and moving in that direction. I'm sure next year it will be either more bass or trying to target different fish. The point of this podcast is learning is a process. You're not going to start doing the hardest thing first. It would not, it wouldn't help you at all. You're going to start easy. You're going to start with ultralight, lightweight rod, lightweight line, lightweight lures. And it's just practice, 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 practice. Just like your mom and dad said, practice makes perfect. That's not bullshit. I guess that's uh, Equipment Basics Update or Equipment Basics 2. I hope this helped out, guys. If you have any questions, you can always hit me up on Anchor. Uh, You can go on my Facebook page, which is connected to my actual Facebook. The uh, Facebook uh, page is Freshwater Fishing Novice Podcast Facebook page. It's attached to my actual Facebook page. You can find me on there. It's either you can search Keith LeMay. Uh, LeMay is L-E-M-A-Y. Or you can search (laughs) my silly nickname from forever ago. It's Miggity Moles. And Miggity is, I lifted it from old school hip hop from when I was a kid. M-I-G-G-I-T-Y-M-O-L-E-Z. That's probably realistically what my name is on Facebook. But you can also search the Freshwater Fishing Novice Podcast on YouTube. And you can find me on there and you can leave me a message or DM me or whatever. If you have any questions, I'd be more than happy to answer them, guys. Get at me. If you want to leave me a voicemail, uh, you can do that, I believe, on Facebook as well. Or you can leave me a message on the Anchor app. And uh, I will put that, if if it's a serious question, not like my brother, I'd be more than happy to answer it. And I will post it, if you would like me to, on the next podcast or whatever podcast that I'm posting. All right, guys, I'm going to try to make this more regular. Uh, I apologize for the massive deficit of uh, podcasts that I did not put out this year. Uh, I have been busy fishing and trying to troubleshoot this app issue that I was having. I shouldn't have any more issues. Fingers crossed. Thank you for listening to the Freshwater Fishing Novice Podcast. If you know anyone who's getting into fishing and they have no idea and you can't give them any advice or you feel like this might be helpful, please turn them on to the Freshwater Fishing Novice podcast. Thanks again, everyone. Thank you for listening. My name is Keith, the Freshwater Fishing Novice. I'll talk to you guys next time. Keep fishing, guys.